Good Morning Pensacola, Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. negative consequences for our children. They need our very best resources. This bill would be spiritual malpractice, and I urge you to stand against it. Spiritual malpractice, white supremacy, racism. What what could possibly draw comments like that out of the public commenting on a bill in the House in Tallahassee? It's the bill to allow school chaplains. House Bill 931, the bill that would say all school districts before next year would have to vote on whether they want to allow people to volunteer to be chaplains in the schools, in the public schools and the charter schools. And if parents want to have their kids have access to a chaplain who's a volunteer and passes a background check but does not pass any kind of doctrinal or educational or certification-related test but just, you know, they want to be a volunteer chaplain and they pass a background check, then they can be in the school, and then the parent gets a list of who they are and who they say they are, and you know what. It, presumably, there's some information I think in there about denomination if they want to give it, and if they don't, they don't have to. And then the parent can say, "Yes, I want my kid to have access to that in the school," or "No, I don't want my kid to have access to that in the school." So the school board has to opt in or out. The chaplains have to volunteer, opt in or out. Then the parents have to opt in or opt out. But that's going to be spiritual malpractice, white supremacy, and (laughs) racism. And there's going to be proselytizing going on in the classroom. And they're going to, you know, they're going to take over the school with their right wing ideology. I mean, those are the kind of comments that were made by the public. Now, what I love about Randy Fine, who is uh, Jewish. Uh, right, if I was on the committee, one of the committees anyway, the larger committee that was hearing this particular proposal, and they've heard a couple of times in the House, it's on second reading. I think it's going to get voted on the floor this week. It's been working its way through the Senate, meanwhile, as well. They passed first committee, I think, on Monday, maybe. Anyway, um, you got to take, in, take into account that when Randy Fine is asking a question, um, he, he's probably holding back or being sarcastic or something because he's a very, very smart guy. Okay. So kind of keep that in mind with the tone here. Representative McLean, I just want to make sure I understand the bill. If a school district thinks this is the worst idea in the world, this idea of religious folks being able to be support or they just hate it. Does your bill make them do it anyway? You're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. It does not. Okay. So, so this, this bill would be a, a home rule bill giving local governments more power to make decisions about how they run a power we don't give them at all today. And that's the answer is yes. 
So there's nothing to coerce school districts from doing it, into doing it. There's nothing to coerce parents into doing it, and there's no, or even volunteer chaplains. And it's really a home rule, parental rights, school board choice kind of thing that currently they do not have. Currently, the whole field of school chaplaincy is preempted to the state with a giant no. You can't do it. And so that's why it's funny to me, because when you hear some of the, not just the complaints themselves, but the tone of the complaints, it's um, it's wild. There are two great sins. One is ignorance. And the only sin greater than that is arrogance. You're guilty of both, he's going to say. And I think that it is shameful that these people who have come before you to express themselves from the bottom of their hearts about something as important as our children are greeted in such a disrespectful and dismissive manner. And what he's talking about, this is uh, Reverend James Golden from Pastors for Florida. He's talking about (laughs) the sarcasm that came out of Randy Fine in earlier questions to the one I played you, Reverend Candace McKippen from Tallahassee Fellowship. Here's what he said to her after she painted this scary picture about what was going to happen in the schools if we did this program. I'm very scared because I heard that this bill is going to you know, allow him to be uh, indoctrinated and brainwashed and everything else. I'm very proud of him. Uh, he's got a, a 12-year-old son and he's Jewish, okay? Um, um, being Jewish and his father and his mother being Jewish. So how, how is my son going to be targeted and indoctrinated and, and culture ward in a way that I and, and his mother are not going to be able to protect him from the insidious forces that this bill will will somehow unleash. I'm trying to understand why I should vote no, because my kid will somehow be under attack if this bill were to pass. (laughs) He knows he won't be. That's the whole point is he's like, can you explain to me how they're going to come and get my son with these horrible anti-Jewish things that they're going to do? How are they going to target him? These chaplains who are trying to brainwash my 12-year-old Jewish kid, they'll be able to get to my kid um, without... Without my consent, if this if this bill were to pass, them, I sneak in and and indoctrinate them in the religion that we don't believe. That's what that's what Chair McLean's bill says. I'll be able to get to him, get around me. And the answer that she gave was just kind of I mean, there wasn't a very good answer for her to be able to give because he's right and she's wrong. It's a silly conspiracy that they have going about this bill. Now, Kim Daniels is kind of an interesting one. Um, uh, well, here, here's I, I give you I give James Golden another chance. This is the the very one of the things you notice about pastors is um, pastors a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, and um, especially black pastors, but not always. White pastors do it too. Um, and you know, keep in mind, I was I, I was born again into a black Pentecostal pastor church, so you know, just kind of like just if that factors into the way you evaluate the way I speak about these things, um, black pastors sometimes have a habit, and some way, have a habit of, you learn the habit of sounding authoritative. And so when you talk, you're always talking with a certain tone that makes people listen. You, you, you know, that that's kind of a habit you get. And sometimes the problem is you're so into that habit that you overplay your cards and make it sound like anybody who opposes you is a fool or unspiritual or uncaring or you know, whatever. And so that tone is not really the best tone to take in a 
meeting where you're trying to persuade legislators about the rightness of your point of view. Although the pastors, you know, the problem is that they can't get out of that tone sometimes. You know, they're so worked up about the truth of their own convictions and, oh, these people didn't go to divinity school like we did. And, well, you know, I'm not sure that all of the pastors or the apostles or maybe the Savior went to divinity school in history. But, you know, that's kind of their argument is nobody's got training. Well, okay, but what's the harm if parents want their kids to have access to it and it's voluntary from the school board's point of view? Anyway, here's uh, Reverend James Golden again. I asked for an answer to my question. How many of you have even bothered to talk, not with your own religious leader, but a chaplain, a specified, specific nomenclature reserved for clergy? And the arrogance (laughs) of non-clergy people standing before you saying, this is what we think. Like the arrogance of non-legislators coming and lecturing people about how arrogant they are for not, you know, kind of works both ways. Of course, the funny thing is that on this particular panel, there's at least a handful of people who are actually pastors and chaplains. Kim Daniels is... Of reverence, she's been preaching for decades. I'm proud to be a black female Democrat, and it's unusual because I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. And, you know, I'm not going to be intimidated not to stand for what I know is right. Um, I'm all in on this bill. And she, I mean, you know, she basically says... Well, if it'll play here. I just want to say, if we keep doing what we have been doing, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. And kind of the argument that was made between these two different committee hearings was that we don't have enough school guidance counselors. We don't have enough school mental health counselors. And now you want to throw in these untrained pastors, to which my answer is something's better than nothing. Maybe. And, you know, also you run into constitutional issues. Like if the school district is creating these protocols for who's a certified chaplain. Well, now all of a sudden the school district is involved in saying who's a legitimate religious counselor and who's not, which is exactly the kind of position the school board in the school district doesn't want to be in because then they're taking sides in religious issues and doctrinal matters and what is and is not a legitimate representative of religion. And so she says, look, we got to do something different. And I just want to say, if we keep doing what we've been doing, We're going to keep getting what we've been getting because what we have been getting is not good and we need to do something different. So Representative Chase Tremont, he just says, I I mean, I wasn't really going to talk, but I'm kind of amazed about this. I'm dumbfounded that we're I had no intention to to speak on this bill. I thought the bulk of 30 to 40 minutes into this one. uh, It's fascinating. Um, So I had no intention to speak until I heard opposition to it. And at first I, I, I couldn't believe honestly, what I was hearing. And then I thought, well, I can believe it because it's been going on for a long time, but it's always a little bit more interesting uh, when it comes from folks that have a divinity degree and and, and wear a collar around their neck. And so I'll I'll tell you how I think this play. And and by the way, he he goes on to say, you know, he's a former teacher, he's a pastor, he's a chaplain. (laughs) He loves this bill because it's an opt-in, it's voluntary. Um, Randy Fine says, you know, you're worried about and one of the things they're worried about is that the chaplains won't be trained in how to handle a plurality of religion situation and people of different religions. Well, they're not going to be even interacting with any of the kids whose parents didn't opt in for it. 
So that's not really an issue. But still, Randy Fine says, you know, maybe if we'd have had chaplains in the school all these years, some of the problems we do see with religious intolerance wouldn't have happened. But what I was told was to think about what it was like in middle school and what it might be like to be my kid, to be in middle school as a Jewish kid. I don't have to think about it. I dream it every night when I go to sleep because I was that kid uh, over 35 years ago. And I will tell you, I wonder if the 19 Christian kids who would chase me every day after school might not have done that if they could have had a chaplain at school that their parents had wanted them to see. If there was someone, if God forbid, they could have had a religious club where they could have gone and they could have learned about meaning in their lives. They did those things because they were not following the faith that they claimed to follow. Like, maybe if we'd had a little bit more religion over the years in school, you know, prayer, Bible study, maybe you have some chaplains who have access to the kids who want to, you know, maybe, just maybe, that would have made a difference. Instead of secularizing, atheistizing our schools and making them a place where we're now for the last 40, well, gosh, 60 years, I'm thinking Engel versus Vitalin, Abingdon School District versus Shem, you know, 60 years of this now, because um, that was early 60s for both of those cases, we're getting the results we're getting. So this bill wind up, wound up getting passed, 15 to 4. Two Democrats voted for it, Daniels and uh, Franklin. Two Democrats, uh, four, Dem- or two de- four Democrats voted against, so 66% voted against, but on the committee, six Democrats, two voted for it. Same thing in the other committee, a couple Democrats voted for it. Um, so... Here's, here's my one thought about all of this, is you have all of these I will describe as liberal, okay? Pastors who show up with their divinity degrees and their schooling and their respect for other religions, a, a value which I share, and they want to say in advance that it's a dangerous thing to allow people who are wanting to volunteer to be in school and be religious guidance for the students who want it and the parents who want it, that somehow that's a terrible, horrible, dangerous thing. And though it did not come up in any of these hearings, I will tell you that the people who tend to be on this side tend also to be the people who say things like, well, how dare you censor these books? Parents ought to decide. And how dare you because parents, you know, we cannot trust (laughs) the parents um, in this case, but we have to be able to trust the parents in the other cases. And it seems to me, and again, this is my read on this, on, you know, kind of putting pieces together, that what they want to say is pastors and chaplains are so dangerous that they have to be banned in the entire state from access to kids voluntarily in schools. But books about sexual materials are so important that they have to be kept in the school libraries so that kids have access to them when they want to. The chaplains are the danger and the sexually, let's just say suggestive or alternate materials are the safety. See, when you put those two things together, it doesn't start to look like a particularly strong position, right? Four three seven sixteen twenty. I'm Andrew McKay. Hi, this is Earl Ron. New South Window knows southern weather is unpredictable, and our Energy Star windows and doors will keep the heat in and the cold outside where it belongs. We prioritize keeping your family and your home comfortable all year round. 
energy-efficient products made, installed, and guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. When you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com. Hey, everyone. It's Joe Montana. Spreading the word about pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can be life-threatening. If you're 65 or older like me, you're at increased risk. So what's the game plan? A strong defense. Pneumococcal pneumonia can strike at any time in any season, so you shouldn't wait to help protect yourself. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about vaccination today and learn more at knownemonia.com. That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. And now, during our President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. You play ball like a girl! Good morning, 527 News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. We're talking about this uh, bill working its way through Tallahassee. I think it's likely to pass. It would allow voluntary chaplains in the schools. And uh, somebody texted and said, I remember years ago when we had this, uh, you know, school board had to allow opening prayer by a satanic priest. Oh, yeah. No, no. We're well familiar. Uh, I wouldn't want him around kids. And I said, um, well, again, the only kids who would have access to him would be somebody who, if he passed the background check, and then if the parents opted in for it for him. And, you know, if that's what they opt in for, okay. I mean, that's that's the whole idea of having parental rights. 528 News Radio 92.3. Parental rights are not absolute. Okay, they're definitely not, but they are important, right? Uh, we got Steve Taylor in this morning for uh, David with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning. After a historic amount of rain pounded Southern California, the death toll there is now at least nine. That particular storm dumped about 13 inches in some areas, triggering mudslides and flooding. In a contest without a major challenger, GOP hopeful Nikki Haley lost the Nevada Republican presidential primary to none of the above. Voters yesterday overwhelmingly chose an option to reject all of the candidates on the ballot. Former President Trump wasn't on that ballot and no delegates were at stake. He instead is featured in the state's upcoming Thursday caucuses. That's tomorrow. What's, so, what's, what's going to be kind of interesting about this is yeah. to compare the total number of votes that she got, 21, almost 1,000, versus no none of the above getting 43,000. Right. It's going to be interesting to compare that to the number of caucus votes cast for Donald Trump in the end. And I don't know how that's going to turn out, but that's how her campaign is likely to spin this. We didn't try. It was rigged against us. And if he comes up with all the caucuses, uh, you know, delegates, but only 10,000 votes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So well, she's kind of running out of time to get some more uh, momentum going. All right. Okay. I, I, I thought you were in the, I thought you were going to a third one. Oh, no, no, that's a All right, cool. Steve, thanks so much for the update. 529 on News Radio 923. Uh, informative, local, dependent. That's the way we do things around here. Hey, a uh, bunch of stuff coming up for Mardi Gras in case you had not heard. It, we're in that final big week, right? Fat Tuesday, right? It's coming up. Um, and at uh, 11 o'clock at Seville Quarter, the Fat Tuesday celebration begins. You can enjoy a big, easy-style crawfish boil, Cajun food trucks, 
Lots of dancing and partying. I mean, it is, you know, Super Bowl quarter after all. Uh, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters 2024 Big Gala Cosmic Connection set for February 24th at the Hilton Not on Pensacola Beach. That is always a fun time. Uh, for sponsorship opportunities or tickets, go to newsradio923.com. And, of course, it's Saturday, 2 o'clock, downtown Pensacola, the Mardi Gras Parade. Friday night parade as well, 7 o'clock, but the, uh, that, you know, the, the night parade. But the, uh, the day parade is 2 o'clock this Saturday, so it's going to be a good time for all. We will see you there. It's going to be fantastic. Throw me some beads. I'll throw them back. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. A vote to impeach President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary fails, coming up one vote short. House Republicans failed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas after charging that he's failed to secure the southern border. A handful of Republicans broke with their party and with Democrats and sank the impeachment vote. Republicans say they'll vote again when Majority Leader Steve Scalise returns from his cancer treatment. Fox's Rich Edson House also rejects a standalone Israel aid bill the president said he'd veto. Nikki Haley loses Nevada's primary without Donald Trump on the ballot. Voters had a choice to reject all the candidates on the ballot and instead choose to vote for none of these candidates. That choice came out on top. Nevada will also hold caucuses Thursday, in which former President Trump will participate in, but Haley will not. Fox's Ted Linder, that caucus winners who receives Nevada's Republican delegates toward the nomination. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531, 49 degrees and clear right now. I'm Steve Taylor from News Radio Pensacola. The city of Pensacola says more work is needed at Mirror Flores Park after ground survey crews say they found 45 unmarked burials using ground penetrating radar. The reason that Terra Explorations and myself recommended that additional survey is needed because there were unmarked burials found pretty close to the edge of the survey area. Uh, because of that, it's in our best interest to survey the entire park to make sure uh, that there aren't any additional burials, and there very well could be. City Historic Preservation Planner Adrian Walker says the survey crews will be returning to the park sometime between now and February 23rd to survey the east half of the park. Once the city receives the full survey report, they'll move forward with determining the best way to preserve that site. An East Milton man and a Vietnam veteran always knew he had a son somewhere in Thailand. His son's mother was pregnant when he was forced to leave the country once his deployment was up. The Air Force veteran's now in his 70s and he's almost given up any hope of ever meeting his son. Thanks to a little luck and Ancestry.com, the two are together and they got together last night for the first time. Jim Langdon's the man and he told Channel 3... She was pregnant when I left, obviously, in October. He was born in January of 73. The very young Jim Langdon met his Thai girlfriend, Get, back in the 70s. The winds of fate and the Vietnam War, unfortunately, to force them apart. Uh, Get, who's the girlfriend, had the baby, but the dad lost touch for decades until his, fun, uh, his son found him on Ancestry.com. And a flight to Pensacola brought them together. A few hours after landing in Pensacola, they were home in East Milton. It was a pizza night with Pops and Stepmom. Kathy. Project Pickle is getting closer to reality. Warehouse 4 Sports says the first phase of construction at the Port of Pensacola is slated to start soon. The contractor's been approved to start fencing and civil site work and uh, just last couple things, evacuation plan and all that for the outdoors. Uh, we expect the final permit to be issued in the next 7 to 10 days um, and I think the contractor's targeting the end of March, early April for phase 1. Mayor D.C. Reeves says the first phase will include eight outdoor pickleball courts along with the restroom and concession facilities. Once the construction begins, the outdoor portion should be completed in three to four months. Well, another nice day is ahead. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. 
This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. It is going to be a beautiful, nice, sunny day today. Temperatures near 62 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 49. For Thursday, a few more clouds build in with a high near 65. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 56. Clouds will move in on Friday with a 10% chance of rain, high near 68 degrees, and temperatures Friday night near 60. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now, 49 degrees in Pensacola, 49 also in Gulf Breeze, and a cool 39 in Milton at 535. Next news is 6, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Are you hungry for news that keeps you informed, is local and dependable? Look no further than News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and on AM 1620. We're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the Emerald Coast. From breaking news to in-depth reports, we've got you covered. Our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community. Stay connected with local events, weather updates, and traffic reports, ensuring you're always one step ahead. We're News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Is your home your dream home? Or does it at least have the potential to be your dream home? Maybe you need to make a change. Maybe you just need new appliances. If that's the case, you need to check out Topps Appliance in Milton. Locally owned and operated, Topps Appliance has just what you need to turn your home into your dream home. Top of the line freezers, refrigerators, dishwashers, stoves, plus washer and dryer combos. Topps Appliance carries the name brands that you know and trust, including GE, Hot Point, Speed Queen, and so much more. And they have a full installation and service department, something the big box stores just don't offer. They also keep most items in stock so you can take it home today. Turn your ordinary home into your dream home with an appliance upgrade from Topps Appliance. Highway 90 in Milton, just east of Stewart Street. Veris Health Partners knows there are plenty of options when it comes to insurance. Owners Pam and Keith Giles will help guide you to choose the best plans for you and your family. As a veteran-owned independent health and life agency in Pensacola, their clients range from moms and dads on Medicare to individuals, families, business owners, and veterans who are looking for answers. They are researchers, educators, and advocates who take pride in guiding clients to become smart healthcare shoppers. Contact them at varishp.com. Veris Health Partners. Partners. Join Great Southern Restaurant Group, the home to the Fish House, Atlas Oyster House, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. They'll be talking about Valentine's Day, Pensacon, and other fun things you don't want to miss. That's all today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 923 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions. 850 437 1620. Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. Good 
morning, 537, News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Yesterday, as always on a Tuesday, we had a chance to talk with our good friend Chip Simmons, the Escambia County Sheriff. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you guys? Uh, well, we're all sick, so I hope you're not sick after that. <laughs> we're trying not to make you. Well, not at the moment. I know. You're a healthy man. You'll be fine. Um, you guys have been chasing a lot of cars lately. That seems to have been a pattern over the last week or two, yeah? yeah we've been uh, we've been kicking butt, not literally, but we've been, um, you know, unless they strike us first. That's, that's not a good thing. But, yeah, we have had a couple of car chases. Um, we get behind these people. They're they're stealing cars and then they're driving like maniacs. And so we got to stop them as quickly as we can because if you know, obviously, if they get uh, too high speeds or in, in certain areas, then then we don't chase in that circumstance. Are but they? In these we do. I mean, people are sometimes reluctant to believe that criminals adapt to law enforcement tactics, but we know they do. Okay, are these people who are driving crazy in cars? Is it because they're just crazy, or is it because? They believe, which used to be more true than it is today, that you will call off the chase because it's unsafe, that they can get away by going fast. Well, we know that that is the case because we know that they talk to us about that after we mm-hmm. after we chase mm-hmm. them. And we say, I thought y'all can't chase. Well, what are y'all doing? Or, I want to talk to your sergeant. We've had people complaining on us because we weren't supposed to be chasing <laughs> them. You've had people in car yeah. chases talk want Make to talk a to a supervisor right. because they think you're in violation of the policy that allowed you to arrest them. That's correct. That's correct. You're not supposed to chase <laughs> oh me. Uh, now, and, and, you know, for just traffic, they're, they're correct. We don't want to put this out, but when you're, when they're stealing cars and what we know is that they're they're what we have seen is that they're stealing cars and they're, they're, they're committing other crimes mm-hmm. with these stolen cars. It's not just, they were joy riding once or twice here, but they're stealing cars. They're hiding these cars and then they were using them for drive by shootings. Mm-hmm. So we, we've, um, relaxed our pursuit policy, uh, within state guidelines, obviously, um, and, and we are, I'm allowing our shift lieutenants to, to determine whether it's safe to pursue. And I also tell them if you can pursue, you can stop it as quickly as you can, mm-hmm. which means, um, you know, you bump them a little bit, spin around a little bit, and then, and we can get them yesterday alone. Um, well, actually the day before yesterday, the night before yesterday, um, we had a, a car chase. We, we bumped them a little bit. Uh, he helped us out by running off the road cause we're not great drivers. And then um, we found two stolen guns in that car. So, I mean, wow. and one of them was a long gun, like an AR-type gun. So um, I, I think that what, what you're seeing is a sheriff's office, uh, a law enforcement agency that's serious about taking these, uh, these criminals off the street and, and doing a great job of it. And as you've said, you know that the stolen cars particularly are higher than just otherwise likelihood connected to felony crimes of violence often. And so, you know— you're acting in response to the fact that there's an anticipated connection between what they're doing and other stuff that we've got to stop, right? I mean, it makes right. sense to me. So you had the one where he drove off the road after he got bumped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the same story in the other ones where it's kind of, you know, you chase them, you bump them, you, you pit them, they're done? Uh, yeah, uh, because usually we have a couple deputies there and we pit them and spin them a little bit. Um, they're, they're, we're able to catch them. And in, in, in short order, and, and again, a lot of times we get we get drugs in those cars, and that's why they're running. They're running for a reason. Um, and what we saw last week was we had uh, two car chases at the same time. I don't know if I have notes on it right now, but it's, it's something to talk about because huh. we had two people go into car dealerships and try to do test drives, um, and then they're getting out and they're just just keeping these cars. And so we had two chases at the same time, and we were able to catch both of the cars. And it was just it was just wow. a, a great job by the men and women at the sheriff's office. Now, when you're doing chases, uh, are you always bumping? Do you use spike strips? Are there? I mean, I know you got all, all different kinds of possible tools at your disposal. 
But getting ahead of them enough to lay out something like that is kind of challenging. Plus the other, you know, regular old traffic that's on the roads. I mean, all, there's all kinds of issues, right? Yeah, well, we don't have the spike strips. We don't utilize them. We haven't had them in the past. But they're difficult in an urban setting where right. people turn a lot more. If you're on an interstate, I'm, I'm sure the Highway Patrol has, has a spike strips that they can put out. Uh, our our method, if you, can, if you notice, we have... Um, uh, we call push bumpers on our on the front of our cars to, to keep our cars from getting too damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also allows us to, and, and this is an art to this. We train this. This is not something we just, hey, just bump them. Um, there are rules associated with it. And typically it's done at, a, at a, a, obviously a slower speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they, they try to do it as safely as they, as they possibly can. But and we weigh the danger that the motorist, or I say motorist, this, this lunatic that's driving this car, um, trying to get away. Um, you know, pitting him and versus, you know, whether we should just let them go and catch them at, at, at a later time. And we, we do cancel chases. I'm not saying we don't cancel chase. Right. We're not doing it. We're not running until the wheels fall off. Uh, but but I, what I told them, the real big change is if we can chase them, we can bump them. And so we're, we're going ahead and bumping these, these cars and getting these bad guys off the streets. And like how much of your budget comes from the repair? Like it has to go to the repairs of these cars because you can't have them driving around damaged, even if the damage is lighter because it's done with the you know the grill device or right. whatever. But you know, I assume you got you know fleet constantly under repair for bumps, dings, and you know whatever from this stuff, right? Well, what we do. We have, um, in fact, we had a meeting just yesterday. I've allocated some more overtime um, so that they can fix it. And most of it's superficial stuff, but it yeah. is is a, a cost to fix this you know the, these bumpers, but. But again, I, I'm as a resident of Escambia County. I want my law enforcement agency to take these bad guys off the street. And if it means that our tax dollar goes to repairing a bumper, well, then we'll have the shiniest bumpers in the state. <laughs> right, I get that. We're talking to Sheriff uh, uh, Chip Simmons from Escambia County. You also had kind of an odd case where um, you had somebody walk off of the road camp, and you know the road prison. For people who aren't familiar. This is people who are. I mean, they're late in their sentence. They've qualified for this. They're low-risk offenders. They're doing the work that—I mean, they're doing work, which is an activity, which is right. outside. There's, like, all of these advantages, but people still walk off of the road camp crew sometimes, right? Yeah, um, the, the road prison is people that are uh, at a certain level of, of crime, and yeah. usually with those that are less than a year in, in prison— um, and, and so they, they voluntarily go. They don't have to go. They go to the road camp, and sometimes they work on the, at the camp. Sometimes they go out in road crews, um, and they get extra game time so that, that they can get out a little bit earlier. And you can work, get to work outside. In, in many cases, you learn a skill, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, like road paving and that sort of thing. You might be able to get a job somewhere else. And so the, the, citi- odd, the citizen might not relish you know, taking the weeds out of the drainage ditch, but compared to being incarcerated, I mean, that's, that's vacation. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you get extra food there too. There's a certain calorie intake that right, that, right. that, that, that you're, there's requirements to people that are in work uh, type environments. I know this because as my my former right career, when you work with the county, you oversaw officer. all of yeah. this stuff, right? Um, and and now this they, they're not our they don't work for us. The, the road prison works for the Scammy County Corrections, and, right? And but they called us and say, hey, they had a guy that walked off of the road the road camp again. This happens probably once every two years or so. Yeah, and again, it it, it makes you wonder why you couldn't wait. A couple of months you can't you can't just work you know work this well, the thing way out i'm trying to remember when i when i toured up there what i remember them saying is that the guys who walk off it's sometimes it's because they got a message from the girlfriend and it's home drama or and they have impulse control to begin with which is why they're criminals a lot of times and so you know something put them on tilt and they they just had to deal with it right that moment. Is that the kind of thing you see, even when it is fairly rare, but is that the kind of thing? It's it's not typically so much that they're trying to escape and 
be on the run or something like that. Well, I, you know, I, I think all escape prisoners are, are you know, trying to run. Fair and, enough, sure and, enough. And, and, you know, if you can't follow the rules that you've abided, you've agreed to, um, God knows what you're going to do. So we want to do what we can to help them out. And, and, again, they don't work for us, but we get a call and say, hey, can you all help us? And Because we have a pretty wide reach with our social media platforms and billboards. And so we put this out. We put the name of the person out, the picture. And then we obviously had a number of people that are out there helping us. I think the road camp uh, canines, actually, if you recall, they have some, mm-hmm. some beagles. Yeah, and, the beagles and, and the bloodhound, right? And some bloodhounds, and, and they do a, they're oh, some they're of amazing. the best. I mean, we, we use them as well, um, as well as our own, our own canines. But we had a mixture out there. I um, mean, we're able to, to put this guy back in jail. So right now he's probably sitting in jail wondering, you know, hey, man, can I go back to the work yeah, camp? Right. Probably no, not. Probably not. not. Now. You guys had another case that, um, well, interesting. Um, you got called to what would typically be considered an animal control case regarding some free-range or roaming chickens? Is <laughs> yeah, that yeah, what happened here? Well, that's my understanding is the animal control, as you know, they, they respond to animal complaints, and they got a call. The, I guess some neighbors were complaining that this individual by the name of Adrian Hall, he's 21 years old, he had some free-roaming chickens. So apparently you can't have free-roaming chickens, so animal control gets called. They go up there, and they've got a catch net and a little container. They're catching, trying to catch these chickens that are free-roaming. Uh, Adrian Hall allegedly comes out with a steak knife and says, you ain't taking my chickens. So <laughs> animal control goes back to his car and says, oh, hey, Sheriff's Office, can you help me help a fellow out? Um, sure, we can. So we get up there. Ended up arresting him. At the time, he had already thrown the, the I guess, a container uh, that they put the chickens in back over the fence and cut the net with his steak knife and just acting acting a fool. And so we arrest him, put him in the car, but he's still angry, and we get him to the jail, and he tries to headbutt us and not try. He headbutts our deputy a couple Uh-oh. times, tries to kick us a couple times. So now he's charged with uh, battery on law enforcement officer, aggravated assault on, on deputy, uh, criminal mischief, and um, I guess we'll be sided with some chickens after all. All because he was letting his chickens run free in the county. All yeah, right. Yeah. I, the, uh, the 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 irony of it was that that day at the jail they were serving chicken <laughs> chicken sandwiches. Oh, I, that's not true. Man. I'm not even sure if that's true at all. But it could oh, be, and man. it would be a good it would be a good story. Oh man. Well, he was just you know <laughs> he went to jail to defend the right of those chickens to run around on the free on the free range. Um, hey, I did want to ask you just a couple of quick things. One is um, any update on on um, Shot Spotter? Have we seen any significant breakthroughs or calls or anything? Um, Shot Spotter is working fantastically. Uh, I think that uh, w- what I understand is it can pinpoint within a couple of feet where a where a, a shot has been fired. We can go, we go there, and sure enough, we see the shell casing. Um, we have had only one case over the, I guess, what, four, three, four months or so. Yeah. We've had it now. We've only had one case where the shot spotter has said, hey, there's shooting here, and we get there and someone's actually shot. If you recall, we talked about we that a lot about of a month like or so people ago. People trying out the guns and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, there were some people. We had, in fact, the last one they they were playing me. It was a single shot in a wooded area, and that was one. I mean, so I'm not yeah. sure what they were what they were trying to do, but we've not had any other reported incidents of. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's reducing crime. I, I, it's too early to tell. Right. But I can tell you that it's working exactly how it's supposed to be working. We're getting the call immediately. It's helping us to retrieve evidence. We just haven't had. We've only had one case where it was actually needed are you telling me that the technology that picks up gunfire sounds you're not having any reports (laughs) oh yeah that's me right different kind of report (laughs) jake doesn't even want to laugh at i'm i'm sorry i'm lost what what happened report means sound of a gunshot (laughs) i didn't know that yeah it's just too he's i'm just gonna move on here um 
I'm sorry, Sheriff. And you'd have I'm a little, my I'm chicken a little under the weather, joke. so you know, there's, the filter's a little bit thinner, Sheriff. Uh, Sheriff right Jim. now, people are changing the radio station. Like I've had enough. We of this, got nowhere else I have to enough go. of this clown. They're like mayonnaise <laughs> and uh, yeah. and yeah. officer and gentlemen. gentlemen. We Thank would you. if we could. Uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, take care. A sudden loud noise <laughs> of or like an explosion or gunfire. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, look, I, I entertain myself sometimes, and if you're entertained also, then that's a great bonus. 550 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, great resource for this. And, you know, one of the things, um, I, I don't love talking about it, but it is a reality, okay? Sometimes couples split up. I mean, we know that's true. And if you've got a house, then you have the question about what do you do with the house? And sometimes you sell the house. And one of the things, Christina, I heard her talking about this on Pep Talk with Jake recently is she says, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody came to me with one of these kind of, you know, I'm going through a divorce, need help selling the house. And she's like, OK, well, we we'll do our do our best to help. Well, the problem there is you don't have, you know, you're representing two sellers who might be a little bit not, not you know, in harmony with each other, obviously. And so how do you handle that? Well, they tried it and they learned along the way. And then she's like, well, so we went through courses to learn how to do this properly and impartially and fairly and you know really did some training to do it well and now that's one of the things that they do because it's kind of a specialized need but if you need it you need it and uh, she's like well that's something you know we don't like to have to deal with these cases but these are cases that people have to deal with so um, that's just and uh, this is a way in which they take their job so seriously to try to be really good experts at whatever slice of real estate transactions they have to work with. Just one example, 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenrinky Realty. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. Your road to adventure starts with the 2024 Subaru Outback and the 2024 Subaru Forester. Both come standard with symmetrical all-wheel drive for confidence along the way. The Subaru Outback, according to Kelly Blue Book, is one of the best family cars of 2023. And according to Auto Trader and my good friend Max here, the Subaru Forester is one of the 2023 best cars for dog lovers. For information on all the awards and accolades from Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader on the Subaru brand, the Subaru Outback, and the Subaru Forester, visit kellybluebookkbb.com and autotrader.com. Whether you're a Forester family or an Outback family, your road to adventure starts in a Subaru from Anderson Subaru. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company Incorporated. Auto Trader is a registered trademark and used with permission. This is a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. 
Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hey, Escambia. Today, ECUA is talking trash. Specifically, bulk waste. July 1st, 2023, bulk service changed to call for pickup. Schedule a pickup by calling the ECUA Customer Service Department anytime before 2 p.m. on the day prior to your normal pickup day. Bulk pickup is still included at no additional charge. Schedule a free bulk waste or special pickup for construction debris for an additional fee. Call customer service at 850-476-0480. More information at ecua.fl.gov. Know what to throw, 850 850- Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. That's why I love doing the movie drops, the little clips from the movies, because when I played that, Jake started doing it right along with it. <laughs> I love that. It's from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, oh, did I play that one recently? Because sometimes I forget and I play them twice and just, you know, whatever. We just watched that movie over the weekend. And um, and he said, no, it's just one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And see, that's one of the reasons I love doing the little movie drops is because I, I know that 80% Maybe on a given one. I mean, you're going to know the Forrest Gump ones and the Stripes ones and the Caddyshack, whatever. Um, maybe. But um, I know I'm going to play ones once in a while where a lot of you are going to be like, what? <laughs> and then some of you are going to be like, oh, that's my favorite. See, mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Trying to give everybody a little bit of that 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 excitement. That's fun. 555 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, um, dependable. And somebody texted me in and said, um, you, you and I might be the only ones who laugh, but I liked your report joke. <laughs> Thank you. I never knew that word meant that. Thank you so much. Uh, Steve Taylor is in the newsroom this morning for David Wayne. Steve? Well, good morning. It seems the release of hostages and a possible ceasefire in Gaza will be discussed today after Secretary of State Antony Blinken landed in Israel. The proposal was hammered out in Paris last week, and it calls for an extended pause in the war between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. For the first time in American history, the parent of a school shooter has been found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, Jennifer Crumbly's son, Ethan Crumbly, shot and killed four classmates and injured seven others at the Oxford High School in Michigan back in uh, 2021. She will be sentenced in April. A suspect has been arrested in connection with the burglary of a coin shop in Tacoma, Washington, after they found something he left behind with his name on it. You see, uh, in December, the suspect entered the vacant building, cut a hole through a cinder block wall into the Bellevue Rare Coin. Then he used a long pole to trip the motion sensor to make the owner think it was a false alarm. That suspect's name is Robert McGee. Well, inside the store, the police found a crowbar with the name McGee on it. Well, police also received tips that McGee was seen with bags of gold and silver bars and coins. Police found the coins in McGee's home and his mother's home also. He faces burglary and all kinds of other charges. (laughs) That's what's happening. Did he have an accomplice? Uh, No, it was by himself. (sighs) Except you might consider maybe... Because what I was thinking is then it could have been me and Bobby McGee. Oh! <laughs> there you go again. Unfortunately, <laughs> not the case. No. Yeah, that that Crumbly story is crazy. Steve, thanks so much for the update. I I have not been following this trial, but when the verdict came out, I I read up on it a little bit, and 
this story is, uh, I mean, it's a horrible incident, right? You know, where he kills these uh, four kids. And um, there's a 15-year-old who was, I guess, making, like, looking for ammunition online when he was at school, and the teacher saw him and sent him to the principal's office, and they contacted the parents, and the parents said, oh, okay, well, you know, we didn't do anything. Like, the next day or whatever, he's drawing a picture of, you know, violence at school, and they take him again, and the parents, okay, we'll take care of it, and nothing. And the reason that they convicted her for complicity in the crime is because according to one of the jurors who actually told the news, you know, well, she was the last one in control of the gun. That's why we decided to convict her. The thing that really hammered it home is that she was the last adult with the gun. Wow. And they had purchased it for him. Okay. Um, it had, uh, you know, they had taken him to the shooting range before that. Uh, they did not secure his access, uh, you know, secure the gun or his access to it. Um, and there's all this other stuff in this case, like that, you know, she was having an affair and that's how some of the evidence came out and that she was distracted and that maybe the husband was distracted and they'd go out partying, I guess, as part of the, you know, it's like all of this bizarre stuff in this case that there was this pattern of negligence that they were not supervising him properly slash taking action when, you know, alerts kind of came to their attention and Look, just as a general matter, I think it's a good thing that parents feel like they are accountable for what their kids do. Parents parents should not always be blamed legally for what their kids do, but parents should not always be excused legally for what their kids do. A 15-year-old is in a that's that's an unusual place. You know, parents have some responsibility and in case-by-case basis is how you're going to decide these things. It's not at all or not. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.